This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit allentempleamec.com slash donate. Thank you for listening. Today, churches all across the world are celebrating what we call Pentecost Sunday. The term Pentecost or Pentecoste is the Greek name for the Feast of Weeks, which is a prominent feast in the calendar of ancient Israel, which celebrates the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. For us as Christians, this celebration serves to commemorate the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles and all the followers of Jesus Christ as described in the second book of Acts, the first chapter and the sixth verse. Here it reads, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. For this reason, Pentecost is described as the birthday of the church, and it is recognized on the 50th day after the Sunday we celebrate as Resurrection Sunday. But prior to this event, when the Holy Spirit came down on all those disciples as they were assembled prior to that event. Jesus himself had a conversation with the disciples where he told them they were not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the gift. Wait for the gift that was promised to them by the Father, which is our text for today, which is found in the first book of Acts the third and the eleventh verse, which I'll read for you again in context. Here it reads. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white robes stood beside him. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So we know that the gift that Jesus is talking about here is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that the disciples would receive this gift 
only a few days from the time he told them to stay in Jerusalem. But, but I want to latch on for a moment at the verse 6 through 8. It says, Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The disciples wanted to know if Jesus was at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel. Jesus answered their question basically by saying, it's none of your business. When God was going to do what he wanted to do. But then he goes back to them and says, listen, he goes back to the earlier instruction and said to them, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and all that goes along with it. Jesus is actually hinting at the fact that there is a gap from the time when the disciples will receive power of the Holy Spirit and God restoring his kingdom on earth. It is this time gap that I want to spend a few moments today discussing with you a message that I have titled quite simply, In the Meantime. In the Meantime. Let us pray. Most gracious, heavenly, and eternal Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we've offered you our worship. We've given you our praise. We've given you our, our, our praise through our giving, through our songs. Lord, we have even given you our prayers. Right now, Lord, we need you to come and to speak back now to your people. Use this preacher, Lord, for what I have prepared is one thing, but what you have to say is an entirely different thing. So open up the hearts and the minds of your people that they may hear your word. In the meantime, while they go through all the various vicissitudes of life, help them to remain faithful in the meantime. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I must tell you that it is difficult for a pastor to preach messages of hope and faith in light of all of the mass shootings and all of the killings and all of the things that we have witnessed in recent weeks. So in my musings and my thinking and wrestling with God, it seemed fitting to me to speak, especially on this Sunday that we celebrate Pentecost, a message about the kingdom of God. I need to talk to you about the kingdom of God. And I thought to do this because I'm reminded that the kingdom of God was Jesus' essential message when he walked this earth. If, and if there is anyone who could speak to our present condition, it is Jesus himself. So I was very interested in what it is that is at the center of all of Jesus' work and ministry at a time when we need to hear it the most. But I must acknowledge that the kingdom of God is a very difficult thing to explain. 
So, so I'll try, as I do with every sermon, to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to give you all ears to hear and a heart to receive what the Spirit of the Lord wants his church to know during this period of time. So in order to get a good sense of what's going on with Jesus and these disciples, we need to go back to the beginning of the text because it's always important to, to, to understand the context before we start making any assumptions about what is being discussed. So starting at verse 3, it says, after his suffering, meaning Jesus, after his suffering, he presented to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. So after Jesus was raised from the dead, he gave many convincing proofs to many people that he was in fact alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and he spoke after he was raised from the dead and he appeared to them several, several times, giving them many convincing proofs, the Bible tells us that he spoke to them about the kingdom of God. What did Jesus speak about? The kingdom of God. So what is the kingdom of God? If you recall from the time that Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, after he came out of the water, he immediately started to preach about the kingdom of God, right? Go back to Matthew, the fourth chapter and the 17th verse, and what you'll find is it says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of God has come near. Repent. In Mark, the first chapter and the 15th verse, it says, The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Mm-hmm. Now, I will tell you that the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven means the same thing because it's talking about God's rulership, his divine rule over everything. Mm-hmm. But Luke does something interesting. We heard Matthew, we heard Mark. But Luke does something interesting. This is what we read in Luke. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. We're still talking about the kingdom of God. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. To set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The year of the Lord's favor. Something good is about to happen with this Lord in terms of favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down, and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue was fastened on him. Now, if that was all Jesus did, that would have been enough. But he didn't stop there. He went on further to say in verse 21, here it is, today, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So putting all these three together, we can transliterate it this way. Repent, 
church, for today, the good news of the kingdom of God is near, bringing great news for the poor, freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and freedom for the oppressed. That's Jesus' message. Repent, for the kingdom of God is here today. And oh, by the way, this kingdom has brought freedom and good news for the poor, for the, the blind, and for the oppressed today. But, okay, pastor, that still doesn't give me a good grasp of what this kingdom of God really is. We only know that Jesus is proclaiming and saying that it is here right now today. But what does that even mean? So again, we have to turn to the scriptures. Romans, the fourth, 14th chapter and the 17th verse says this. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So Paul is telling us that the kingdom of God, whatever it is, is something spiritual. Matthew says... Then the king shall say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So the kingdom of God, according to Matthew, is something that you can inherit. Okay. Paul again says in Colossians, For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of of his beloved son. So the kingdom is a place that we will enter. And finally, Peter, Peter says, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So the kingdom is something future. But how are we to understand this if the kingdom is a future spiritual realm that we will enter as God's people if Jesus is saying the kingdom is here now? How can I enter something over there when Jesus is saying it is now? Did he not say that the poor will be free from their oppression? Didn't he say that now? Repent for the kingdom of God is here now. What are we to make of this? In order to understand what's going on here, and I want you all to stay with me, we have to look at two very specific periods. The first period starts from creation, when time began, to the return of Christ, which is known as, this period is known as the present age. From the moment that God created Adam and Eve in the garden, to the moment to the moment when, when, when the world ends, we call this the present age. The second period, if you look on the screen, the second period is when now you have the return of Christ and everything that happens after that. So we have two periods, this present age and we have the age to come. Two separate periods. The present age and the age to come. You don't need me to tell you much about the present age because you are all experiencing the pain and the sufferings that come with living in this world. We see killing the babies, whether in classrooms or in the streets, and even innocent people just going about their business in grocery stores and hospitals. So as Christians, we long for a time when God would just wipe away all of the problems and restore his kingdom the way he designed it. We are literally sick of suffering and sick of pain and sick of all the evil that exists in the world. How? How? 
we would just love Jesus to come and make all things new like he promised. This is the challenge of the present age. That's what we're experiencing in the present age. Now in the age to come, the kingdom of God is God's sovereign rule over everything. In the kingdom of God, there is no sickness, there is no headache, there is no disease, there are no ulcers, there is no arthritis, no hatred, no anger, no jealousy, no cancer, no gossiping, no backache, and there certainly ain't no AR-15s. In the kingdom of God, in the age to come, there is the peace of God. The age to come is perfect. And there is literally nothing there that is of this world as it relates to evil. To live in that world, you have to have glorified bodies where you would have to take off your mortality and put on immortality. This is the age to come. And what Jesus is saying is the good news that he brings. But it is not yet. Because we are suffering through this present age. But until the age to come comes, Jesus says, until that happens, Jesus says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. What is Jesus driving at? What Jesus means is that we will be witnesses to the fact that there is a reality called the kingdom of God that exists in the age to come to people who are currently living in this present age who have no hope. We are witnesses to that which is yet to come to a people who live today who have lost all hope. So Jesus comes along and he says, listen, you see all of this stuff. You recognize that it is not good, but I'm telling you that there is something better that is coming that you need to be aware of. But, 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 but Jesus, I, I, I hear you and I, I love what you're saying, Jesus, but, but I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can make people believe what you're telling me. See, Jesus is saying, Brothers and sisters, there is an overlap. (laughs) There is an overlap between this present age and the age to come. (sighs) When Jesus first came to the earth, we call that the incarnation. It represented Jesus invading time and coming in to this present age from an eternity where he existed. Jesus is seeing this present age and he says, wait a second, there is this suffering, this pain that my people are experiencing and they're going to experience this until they get to the present age. But I can't wait for them to get to the present age. I I don't want to see them suffering through this present age. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave eternity and I'm going to break into this present age and when I break into this present age I'm gonna show them that the kingdom of God is here right now how am I gonna show them I'm gonna heal the sick I'm gonna open blind eyes I'm gonna make the lame walk 
I'm going to make the deaf hear. I'm going to even raise the dead. And if you don't believe me, it's why Jesus said when they asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. Jesus said, when you pray, say this, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Why do you think he said that? Because, hallelujah, this is not blind faith. He's saying, I broke out of eternity and I came into this present age so that I can show you that what you see today, you won't see tomorrow. Because if I can heal the sick today in this present age, I'm proving to you what I can do in the age to come. You see, as you look at your screen, you see that arrow that is flashing. That's where we are today. Somewhere in the overlap, in what I call the in the meantime. You see, in the meantime place is where things are, 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 are struggling, but you can call on Jesus. In the meantime place is where things ain't working out the way you want to, but Jesus said, I go to the Father that whatever you ask in my name, you will receive it. But you see, you're stuck in the meantime. Part of you know that this is not all there is to life. A part of you know that better is coming, but it's not quite yet. So what are we to do in the meantime? In the meantime, Jesus says, heal the sick. Cast out demons. Restore sight to the blind. Even raise the dead. And the problem we have, church, is even on this Pentecost Sunday, Jesus can look at us and say, Oh ye of little faith. If you only knew that I'm in, that you are in the in the meantime. That you are in a place where you can lay hands on people and they start to move and to start to find their being. I don't know what God's will is, but maybe we need to check our faith in the meantime. Maybe we need to figure out whether or not we truly believe God in the meantime. Because he's already done it all. And everything that he's going to do, everything that he means to do, he already does it. And, and, and that's why the text is so important before Pentecost. Because Jesus said... Brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, in the meantime, while you're waiting, while you're suffering, while you're seeing all of this, in the meantime, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. In other words, walk people in such a way that others will know that God is good. Live your life in such a way that people will know that God is real. In the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your suffering, in the midst of your pain, demonstrate the peace that surpasses all understanding. Because you see, when you understand who your God is, when you can appropriate your faith from the kingdom of God, and bring it into this present age, then you will be a witness to other people and they will know that your God is good. Amen. All authority 
has been given to you and to me in the church. All authority. We have been given all authority to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to cleanse lepers, to give sight to the blind, to let the dumb speak, to, to forgive the unforgivable, to love the unlovable, and even, if need be, to raise the dead. Brothers and sisters, as I close, all of this is available to us in the meantime, in this present age, until the age to come. I don't know how the Holy Spirit's going to use you or is going to use me. But what I do know is that everything Jesus says I have, I have. So, as we wait for his return, the disciple says, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now? In this present age? Jesus says, bruh, it's not for you to know when God wants to do that. But you will receive power. In the meantime, <laughs> until such time as God brings all things to an end, yeah. in the meantime, believe, pray, yeah. worship, yeah. have faith in the meantime, because everything that God has for you is for you. The Bible says, cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. Despite the evil you see, take his yoke upon you, for his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Bless those who curse you and say all manner of evil against you falsely. And forgive those who have offended you by turning the other cheek. But to take hold of all of this and to be able to do this, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You need the comforter. You need the advocate. Yes. For you cannot do this on your own strength. And my prayer today is that you heard something today that will drive you to the place where you believe God. In the meantime, Amen. may God richly, richly bless you, my beloved.